<laughs> Praise the Lord. November 2002, where were you at? November 2002. I was in my living room. Grace had made some cookies, and uh, we had been working on making phone calls. We, we hired this company called Telstart, and uh, uh, it was a kind of a survey uh, company that would call you and say, hey, if you're interested in a new church, press 1. Well, we had a whole bunch of people press one, and we were so excited, and we, were, we had like 114 households, and it was then that I discovered that most people are liars. They have no desire. They're just snoopy. They're curious, but they have no desire, but I went around those days knocking on doors like a vacuum cleaner salesman. I know what it's like. I know what it's like for doors to be closed on me, and they would they'd open the door, and I wasn't selling uh, solar panels. I wasn't selling anything. I was talking to them about a church. And I said, hey, there's a church coming in town. Would you be interested? Now, let's just be honest. How many of you would not open the door? How many of you would close the door as soon as I said, hey, I'm a pastor moving into this area? And uh, I had a lot of doors closed on me. I, I discovered there's a lot of good people in North Denver. I discovered there's a lot of people that have been hurt by church. I discovered there's a lot of people who used to be involved in church. And I also discovered there's a lot of people who don't think church is a place for them. Their life, their decisions, they just feel like church is the last place where I need to be. So we, uh, we knocked on a bunch of doors. I knocked on a bunch of doors. I would say, see, see you, baby. I'm going to go knock on doors. And I'd go walk around the streets knocking on doors and talking to people. And uh, um, we decided to open up our house. And it was a, it was a, a weeknight, and I remember we had the bowl of Chex Mix in our house. And I, every time, I cannot look at Chex Mix like normal. Any I have like PTSD with Chex Mix. And when I see them, I think about when I had the bowl of Chex Mix, there was nobody coming to our door. And we were expecting about, about five families to show up from all the door knocking. I used to categorize everyone by chili peppers, red chili pepper, green chili pepper, and blue. And if you're red chili pepper, you're really excited about the church. But like if you were a blue, you'd, you want nothing to do. Everybody was a chili pepper. So anyway, so I, I, I counted how many chili peppers I had. And I said, well, we should have a good number of families showing up. And uh, invited them over to our house. And it was silence. I remember looking at the Chex Mix thinking, God, if this, you called me to do this and we need people, don't we, God? Am I missing something, God? And I'm, I came out here by faith and nothing was happening. And these are the days when I used to go to Super Target and I would follow shoppers. And if they buy chicken, I'd buy chicken. And I'd try to strum up a conversation about their spiritual life. Now, truth, how many of you would run away from me if you were at Super Target and I come up to you talking about your walk with God? See, that's, 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 yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So that's, uh, that's what was happening these days. So there was a time where I felt so alone. Have you ever felt alone in your faith? I felt so alone. I said, like, God, I know you want me to do this, but it's not working out. It's not working out, guys. And I was sitting there thinking, and the time came and passed, and about 15 minutes after everyone was supposed to show up, the doorbell rang. 
And I, I went to the doorbell. I went to the door. And as I walked to the door, I was thinking, okay, Lord, this is it. And I opened up the door, and I remember looking at three people that I've never met before in my life. Never. I didn't know who they were. I never knocked on their door. And I remember thinking, so this is it, Lord, huh? <laughs> I don't even know them. And they came into, into, uh, into my house, and we sat down at this, this living room, and I talked to them about a church. And I actually had them sign a commitment to attend the church for at least one year. Now, that's a big deal. Most of us don't make any commitments like that. Most of us say, I'll go to church until I feel like it's not for me anymore, right? Until I feel like God's moving me somewhere else. I always tell people, if you feel like that, you need to tell me because I don't want to be here if God's not here. <laughs> tell me. You need to tell me. But that's how the church started, and it changed. And, and I remember thinking those three people, these strangers, and how it started. And it was one student from CU her name was Yamid, and a couple named Sam and Bev. And those were the three. They didn't even know each other uh, except the couple. And that's the way. This, uh, Yamid was probably 21 years old. Shout out to our young adults. There it is. 21 years old. And, uh, and, and the couple was, was here, and we just sat, and we talked, and they made a commitment, and we started meeting every week after that. Well, welcome to church. Thank you so much. Happy anniversary. This is as much yours as mine. 20 years, baby. You, you walked into something. Let me just give you some perspective because I, I think a lot of us don't understand what we're walking into. Um, statistics have shown the way this church started, only three to five percent churches make it. That's how low I've heard it. I've heard it as low as 5%, 3%. I've heard it as high as 7%, but that's it. But you are walking into a faith-intensive God organization, and God has been behind this church in spite of me. He's been behind this church. So uh, it, I know it's hard to see that. You come in, the lights are on, the chairs are up, and we have great music, great worship, and you think, well, you know, it's just like any other church. No way. Every church has a story. And behind every great church, there's a group of people that exercised faith and took risk. And there was sacrifice and there was incredible commitment behind that church. Just know that. Let's pray. God, thank you for your grace and your love. And thank you for the way you've moved here. Would you, uh, we just praise you, Lord. You were the one, you, Jesus, you were the head of the church. You deserve all of our praise. Thank you, God, for the way you've moved here, and thank you for the way you continue to move at this church. Thank you, Lord. Have your way in me and through me, Lord. You know, there's so much to talk about, God, but I only want to talk about the things that you want me to talk about. Would you move in hearts here, Lord? You know, every chair has been prayed over, Lord. I pray you move in the hearts of those who are watching online right now. Open up their eyes and ears, Lord. Speak to them. Speak to the person, Lord, who comes here all the time and speak to the person who's relatively new wherever we're at. Whether this is our church home or we were dragged to church, speak to every person, Lord. Thank you for meeting us where we're at, Lord. And Holy Spirit, take a hold of me. Use me for your purpose, for your glory. It's for your church that lives on. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. I want to just say thank you before I go too far. 
I want to say thank you to all of those of you. You were present and to those who used to attend Thorn Creek that had moved on for whatever reason. Thank you. This church would not be here if it wasn't for you. There has been over 20 years. There have been incredible highs and there's been lows. There's been tears. There's been joy. Um, there's been faith and there's been doubt at times too. It has just been all over the place. And that's what, that's what a journey is, isn't it? When you walk with God, things don't always go your way or whatever it might be. And I, overall, I see the faithfulness of God through everything, but I want to thank all of you today and even the past. Thank you so much for being at Thorn Creek for the season you've been here. Every time that we've had people here and my prayer is you just continue coming to Thorn Creek until Jesus returns. I know some of you are not used to that kind of commitment, so I pray that there's a shift in your thinking, but I pray that that happens because then every season changes. Thorn Creek has been around 20 years, and I, I joke all the time with people, and I tell them, I've pastored about seven churches, and they're all called Thorn Creek Church. Because they all changed at different seasons of life and seasons of the church. Um, we moved here in September 2002. Here's a little picture of a blast from the past. September 2002. And, uh, and, and that was a kid we adopted uh, many years ago. No, I'm kidding. He, he looks too much like me to, me to say that. That's my son, Josiah. is two years old at the time. And, uh, and, uh, and, and when we moved here, we knew nobody. We felt like, you know, Abraham, packing your underwear and going to a place that I will show you. We know what it's like to move to a place with no family. So for those of you who are here and you have no family, I got gotcha. you. For those of you who say, okay, I'm going to obey God and I'm going to move to a place and I don't know anything about it. I feel you. I know what that feels like. We know what it feels like. We know what it feels like to go and, and be around a bunch of strangers. We know what it feels like to, like, who do we call for babysitting? We got no one. We know what that life looks like. We know what it feels like. I always tell people we felt like missionaries. We legit felt like missionaries. We had to learn the language. We had to learn everything about it. And, and that's, what, that's what we did. Um, there was a, I want to share with you uh, two, two quotes that were instrumental. The Lord gave me this quote in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 20. Now to him who was able to do immeasurably more. That's referring to God. To him who was able to do immeasurably more. Then all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And when I read that, I thought immeasurably more. Like, I don't know what your dream is, but God's dream is bigger than yours. I don't know what you envision success or you envision, oh, one day I'm going to live a fat life in South Florida or something like that. You know what? God's dream is bigger than yours. And God can do things in your life that you could never imagine. That's what Jesus does. When Jesus, when you let Jesus have your life, he takes it, he breathes new life. And if you surrender to him, he'll take you places and he'll use you in ways you never imagined. I'm living proof that God can use anyone. I've just been changed by Jesus. And I'm living in debt to him the rest of my life. That's all I am. All you do is you say yes. To him be the glory in the church. Say the church. Say the church. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. When the Lord gave me that verse, I was in Southern California at a conference. And the Lord told me, Thorn Creek Church. He didn't tell me the name. He said, you're going to start a church. 
And it's going to be the kind of church that's going to do impossible things. And it was Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 is what he showed me. So I, I underlined it in my Bible and I, I wrote it down. When I got back from that conference, the Lord showed me the other leg by Tozer. God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity we only attempt things we can do on our own. I was a pastor in Colorado Springs when I read that quote. And I asked myself a question. How much of what I am doing requires God to show up or it's going to fail? I was a pastor and I concluded at least 95% of my life did not require God to show up. I wasn't living at the edge. I wasn't exercising that kind of faith. And the Lord said to me, this is the other leg for the church you're about to start. That church that you're about to start is going to attempt things that could only be accomplished if God were in it. So you have walked into a faith-intensive organization. I just believe God can do anything he wants. I just believe it. When we, we uh, knocked on doors, and I remember we made uh, 20 signs and stuck them in the ground. The signs cost $250 each. It's embedded in my mind. And those $250 each signs put 20 out. The very next day, 18 of them were gone. 18 of them gone. The, the city had some sort of sign policy, ordinance, rule, whatever it is, and they took 18 of those signs and left two for me. And I thought, I just felt like I was like a salmon going upstream. You know, like, how, is, how am I, so I'm trying to be obedient to you, God, but I feel like there's people against me. It's like, if you've been there before, you're like, okay, God, I'm trying to follow your will, but I feel like I'm going against the current. I'm doing my best, God, but I feel like it's just not flowing naturally. Eventually, we, we uh, said, all right, let's, let's, have a, let's, have a, let's have a time where we meet publicly. So we went to the Fairfield Inn. It was a cold Wednesday night. We expected 30 people. And again, what did I say about people? Mm-hmm. Nine people showed up, including my wife and my son. And that's it. So there were six. Six. Incidentally, I don't think any one of those six are here right now from the fair for the very first 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 uh, meeting time. And uh, I, 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 I journaled. I don't, I'm not a big journal guy. If you're not a big journal guy, I encourage you to just write stuff down when you're at crossroads in life, when you don't know what to do, or when you're in a dark place. Just write it down because one day you can go back. And you can read about it. There's not one picture of us meeting at the Fairfield Inn with those nine people. There's not one picture. And you know why? Because I was so discouraged. I didn't want to take a picture. And I think sometimes we can be in moments in our life that we find discouraging. But truth is, God is going to use that moment in a way that we don't realize. And we might look at that and look at the season we're in and we're thinking, this is just hard. Take a picture. <laughs> Take a picture because you're going to remember that hard time. But I journaled January 23, 2003. Here, here are the words I said. Last night, we had our first Wednesday night meeting since Telstart. We had Sam, Bev, Garrett, Tricia, Jerry, Scott, and us. It was discouraging. We had 16 families commit to being there. Hello. The weather was very cold, and I'm wondering... If that had something to do with it. See, I'm already sounding like a pastor. Just trying to find out what's going on. I woke up this morning with some questions. Is my faith too big? 
Am I realistic? What else could I do? Why would God give us 21,500 square feet? That's another story. What are we missing? The kind of questions that force me to rethink some things. I believe God is under control. It's so scary. I really feel like I'm living in my own world and I'm the only one that can determine the color of the sky and describe the surroundings. Am I fooling myself? God, you are my God. You gave me a word a couple of days ago. Is there anything too hard for God? Search my heart, leadership skills, and mold me. I need you to remind me that you are in control. Please send us families. I pray that the 16 families come next week in Jesus' name. Amen. Those 16 families never came. Never came. But here's what I discovered, and I want to share it with you. Nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. All you need is God. And what I've discovered is God is not intimidated by circumstances. In fact, I can make an argument that God doesn't even respect circumstances because he does whatever he wants. So you might be in a situation where like this feels desolate or things aren't lining up. Or, you know what, I should be here, and I'm over here, and I should be here. Or it doesn't add up. You know what, that's perfect miracle territory for God. When it doesn't add up, and it doesn't look like there's no way, and you think there's no way, there's no chance, and -and so-and-so's not on board, and -and so-and-so's not on board, and I don't have the money, and I don't have whatever it is, perfect recipe for God to work. All you need is God. That's all you need. He wants your heart. That's the battleground. He wants your heart. He wants you to surrender to his will. That's the battleground. He wants you to surrender. He wants you to walk by faith and trust him along the way. That's what he wants. I had this uh, devotion during these days. We didn't have a place, but uh, one day I read Deuteronomy chapter 9. I'm going to read just a little bit. It says, Hear, Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan River to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you with large cities that have walls up to the sky. And if you keep reading that, it goes to verse 6, and it says, Understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God has given you this good land to possess. For you are a, what church? You are a. (laughs) Turn to the person next and just tell them you're stubborn. Can you do that? Just tell them you're stubborn. (laughs) We all have some stubbornness. Me too. Grace will tell you. Me too. When the Lord does, I know some of you enjoying that. <laughs> You're like I've been waiting to share that for 20 years. Oh, but but I, I, uh, when I when I read that, the Lord spoke to me and said, "Reuben, I'm about to do something." That's what He told me. I'm about to do something, but you got to understand something. It's not because of you. It's because of my mercy. It's because of my love. Truth is, Reuben, you're a stiff neck, stubborn person. And the Lord has constantly, constantly reminded me for the last 20 years, it's not about me. And that day I, I, I read that and I said, Lord, I receive your word, have your way, do whatever you want. And I looked up the phone book. I got the phone book was a big fat thing with a bunch of letters. There was some yellow pages and white pages. Some of you need to be told what eight tracks are. Some of you grew up in the day when car, everybody runs out of the street. Anybody remember those days? Yeah. 
That's old school right there. You know? <laughs> now it's different. Now we bubble wrap our kids and it's a different life. Anyway, forget. <laughs> but anyway, so, but, uh, but I remember going to the phone book and I remember looking at it. There was a, a building that I used to drive by all the time called Auto Troll. And I didn't know what Auto Troll, like, what do they make cars or what is this? I don't understand what that building is. All I knew was it was a big building and there were very few cars in the parking lot. There was no sign that said for rent, for sale, nothing. But I remember the Lord just showed that building to me. So I looked up after I read Deuteronomy chapter 9. I opened up the phone book, found Auto Troll. I called the number and I said, hey, by chance, do you have space for 500 people? I mean, we were running like seven people at the time. But I was like, do you have space for 500? Faith, way up there with me, guys. For 500 people. And they said, uh, can you hold on? And they transferred me to a woman named Allison, who's a Buddhist. And I said, hey, we're, we're, we're a church, a Christian church starting. I'm looking for a space for 500 people. Do you, do you guys have room for something like that? And she says, yeah, I think we do. And I said, well, can I go by and see it? She says, yeah, you can come by. I said, well, I'll be there in 10 minutes. So I hung up the phone and I drove over there. And that was the first time I met or I went to auto troll the building. And here it is. And I want to show you, we have chairs for every season, guys, right here. This is a beautiful, what is it, like 1970s chair right here. This is like really, really, and these are the chairs that they had in the cafeteria. And when I showed up, it was like that. In fact, I was talking to my pastor friend who's in Hawaii right now, and he remembers visiting me when we had zero people. And I walked, it was 21,500 square feet with zero people. And the rent was $8,500 per month. We had like two families that were giving, including Grace and I. And in fact, I didn't even know my salary while I was unloading my, my stuff from U-Haul. I had no idea what my salary would be. And the, the, uh, the Colorado District graciously helped me out and, and helped finance this whole thing. But when, when, we were, when I was walking around, the first thing I thought about was this auto troll. It was, uh, was looking at this wing, and uh, it was uh, big. And I remember thinking, God, what do you have in mind? And I just felt like God is about to do something. And I was so excited. And then we said, okay, we need to, no, this is it. They were willing to sign with us. And I signed for $8,500 a month, believing God is going to, God is going to provide. God's going to provide. And I signed away and we put up a sign that said coming soon, coming soon. And I was so crazy excited. Everything costs money. I remember that sign cost a whole lot of money. And I remember that. And then we were there and we started painting and we started, you know, working and painting and building the stage. And one day the fire department showed up. They did not, they were not invited. They just showed up on their own. And they came in and they looked around and they were like, yeah, um, this is not rated for a church. There's no sprinklers here, and there's no, you know, panic hardware here, and you don't have, and I just felt like I was talking to Lucifer. I'm just telling you, I'm like, this is the devil. So I started throwing holy water on his face in the name of Jesus. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking, what are you, you, you know, I was like, you don't know what's going on, dude. You don't get it. You're just showing up now. This has been happening for a year now. You don't know. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you don't know. You don't, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. They wouldn't let us 
be there. The problem is now we sent out all these invitations to come to our Easter service, which was scheduled for April 20. Well, where are they pointing to? They're all pointing to Otter Troll, that building. But we can't be there. The total renovation cost $35,000 to make it compliant for a church. Thirty-five grand. You know how many people we had, right? Yeah, like seven people or something like that. And uh, there was no place to worship. So, so here we are. We start to renovate. And again, people help us out financially, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and uh, and um, crazy thing happened. When I first saw, when I first walked into Autotrol, um, it was a much bigger space, and they wanted us to take it. And I said, well, I don't need the whole space. And they said, well, because of the locations of the bathrooms, you have to take the whole space. And the whole space is $8,500, so you take it or you leave it. So I said, I'll take it. And I signed. Well, when the fire department showed up, a crazy thing happened. Um, Allison, my Buddhist friend, and the corporate, they had compassion on us. They just supported. They, she, Allison and I really connected. She's such a sweet lady. And she said, you know what? You guys have been going through so much. And we're updating the building and we're doing all that. She said, you guys have been going through so much. Let's just change the monthly payment to $2,942 a month. See, sometimes things happen in our life and we think they're interruptions. We think they're, you know, the devil or whatever it might be. But God uses everything for his glory. And the way he works is mysterious. So that pain, that heartache, that interruption, that whatever, God will use it for his glory. He just wants all of you. He wants all of you. So that's what happened, and we sent out these 50,000 postcards, and they're all going, and, and uh, we, had to, we had to make some popcorn. It's so appropriate that we made popcorn this weekend at church, because we, we sent a bunch of people to, at, the, at the auto troll with a bag of popcorn, and it said, pop in around the corner, and we rented a space at Adams Training School District headquarters on 128th Street, so we were actually going to do church there to get started, because we were renovating at auto troll, so that's what we did. And we had our first public service and 150 people showed up. 150 people showed up. Now here's our opening day. There it is. Happy birthday, Thorn Creek, April 20, 2003. That was a terrifying day. We had a bunch of strangers show up. Nobody knew each other. The day before that was Palm Sunday. We had 35 people on Palm Sunday. We went from 35 to 150. And if you don't know anyone, you just talk to whoever you went to church with, Right. And when you're looking at church, you're listening to the music, and you're thinking, is this for me? During those days, we, we, uh, I got a lot of, uh, I, I, I rented CU, uh, no, not CU, um, CCU students to come and help out with a band because we didn't have any band or musicians or anything like that. And it just, it just wasn't connecting it, none of that stuff. So we, we had our first, uh, we had our first uh, service, and I, was, I want you to know, this is the early days of Ruben's preaching. God loves you and he really cares about you and he wants you and Jesus died for you, went to the cross for you and he really wants you to know him. And he, I mean, seriously, legit. No, that's what it was like. It was like that. It was so bad. It was like that. I was terrified. I didn't even go to the door and say goodbye. I was too scared. I was like, what are all these people here for, God? The Lord showed me something. Matthew chapter 16. I was reading it and Jesus said, uh, this is when, when uh, Simon said, you're, you, you were the Christ. 
And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And when God showed me that verse, um, the Lord spoke to me. Um, and he told me, Reuben, if you listen to my spirit, you'll be blessed. If you rely on my spirit, you'll be blessed. If, if you listen to my spirit when you write sermons, the sermon, the message will be blessed. You hear that? And, and, and the Lord spoke to me about that, and, and I thought, wow, well, that right there requires a lot of faithfulness, a lot of obedience, because you've got to be in a place to hear God, right? You've got to be in a place to receive God. You've got to make sure your heart is right before the Lord all the time, every day, 24-7. It's intense. It's spiritually intense. It's constantly letting God weed out anything in your heart. Lust, pride, arrogance, jealousy, envy, resentment, bitterness, whatever. It's constantly saying, God, weed out. Use me however you want. I'll go across the street. I'll go to the corner. I'll do whatever you want, God. Do whatever. You... It's intense. Anybody know that life? It's intense. And the Lord said, if you do it this way, the church will be blessed. The messages will be blessed. The sermon will be blessed. Here's the word that churches use. Here's the word that you may have heard. It will be anointed. It will be anointed. And I saw that. I looked at old school preachers and I'm like, boy, there are certain preachers that say simple things, but it's anointed. There's, certain, there's a certain spiritual weight that comes when something's anointed. It's from God, it's from his spirit, and it connects with your spirit. You know what I'm talking about? It connects with your spirit. It connects with your spirit. Someone told me just last week they felt like the, 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 uh, the, the oh, mom brought, brought, or daughter brought mom, and mom turned to daughter and asked her, did you tell him about me during the week after the sermon? And I was like, and I hear that a lot. And you know what that is? That's the spirit of the Lord by his grace speaking to us all. And you hear that. The anointed life is harder, but it's worth it. And I made a decision right there, guys. I could have played the role. You know what I'm talking about? You can play the role of a Christian. And you can say the right things and dress the right way and drop certain things and say, yeah, I listen to Lecrae or, you know what I mean? You can talk like that stuff and you can say that stuff, but you know what? It's a whole different gig when you say, Lord, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Then he showed me another word. He who is faithful in very little things is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in very little thing is unrighteous also in much. And, and the Lord just spoke to me and said, Reuben, you got to be faithful with what I give you. And I, I think about those early days, guys, when I started over here. And I started at the, on the sofa and I thought about like there was nobody and I thought I only had two people show up in these days. And, and you know what I think? I think that's all God could entrust me with, with those three people. That's it. Just three people. But it was a start. And God wanted to see, am I going to be faithful here? It's just, it's the same thing in our lives. You have everything in your hands right now to show God that you will be faithful. 
You make enough right now to show God that you're going to be faithful. You have enough time on your hands right now to show God that you're going to be faithful. It's not about your circumstances changing. It's about your heart changing. It's about you saying, Jesus, do whatever you want right now. You know what I'm talking about? You don't need more information. You don't need more money. You don't need more time. You don't need more resources. You just need a willing heart. And then when it, when it jumped up and I, I, I was promoted, you know, to like six people, seven people, I'm like, that's cool. I went up from three. I mean, that's like, what is that? A hundred percent, 150 percent growth or something like that. I was so excited about that. Eventually, incidentally, for three months, we were paying mortgage at two different locations. The school district was charging us $1,500 every week to use their space. Wasn't that nice of them? For one service, 1500 bucks every week, which is so ironic because later on we have been, we've, we chose to bless the school district. That's another story. But eventually we went back to Autotrol and we had our second grand opening and here it comes. We got all these chairs and I remember getting, we got 250 chairs and uh, you know what I did? The first thing we did, I, I set up all the chairs, even though we had like three families at the time, I set up all the chairs and I just stood back and I looked at them and I imagined what it would be like to have a full church. I imagined. And we had these chairs and, and, and it was an office space. In fact, the space, you can look at the carpet and it was like stained from all the cubicles and the chairs turning, you know, all the cubes. Uh, cubes are going away now, right, guys? We're, we're working out of our living rooms now. But during those days, I mean, it's just, I, I remember looking around and I remember thinking about that. I remember thinking about those days. Um, so that second grand opening, July 20, 2003, I remember that, and I remember, uh, I remember we had 118 people show up, and we were off. We were in this space for nine years. Nine years. The Lord showed me another word. He said in Mark chapter 2, it says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. And he told me, Reuben, preach the word. Preach my word. That's what he told me. So I just preached his word. By 2006, we grew to 541 in attendance on a Christmas Eve. 541. 2008. These are in person. There was no such thing as online. Okay. 2008. 934 in attendance. And 2009, and this would have been on Christmas, uh, Pastor Jeremy, 1,035 in attendance on Christmas Eve, December 2009. During these days, we started Stepping Stones Preschool. We developed a partnership with Compassion International, and we loved on a village in Negritos, Peru, loved on children. We started to love on public schools during these days. And we would throw carnivals and we started feeding them way back during these days. We started a church called Hope Hacienda Church that still meets in South Thornton. And we started to work on disaster relief projects and tornado victims. And then one day, the Lord showed me another word. My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold. And then let's read that last part out loud. I shall not... So when I read that, I mean, I, I, I read it and the word just jumped off the page. I shall not be greatly shaken. And the Lord told me, that's for you, Reuben. And then my next thought was, um, 
well, how much am I going to be shaken? <laughs> What's greatly in your mind, God? What's greatly in your mind? What does that mean when God says you're going to be shaken? What does that mean? I mean, I mean, are you going to hold on to God? Things don't go your way. Are you going to hold on to God even when people hurt you? Are you going to hold on to God when you have a broken heart? Are you going to hold on? To, I mean, what, what does that mean? No joke. I said, Lord, just be with me. God, God will speak to you through his word, and he will prep you about things to come through his word. I closed the book, said a prayer, no joke. 15 minutes later, a guy named Brian, he was the VP of Autotrol, comes into my office. He was working on the other side of the building, and he said, hey, pastor, I just want you to know, we're selling the building. That was 15 minutes after I read that verse, and I laughed at him. And I said, it's all good, brother. God just told me it's going to be all right. And of course, he wasn't, a, he was, he doesn't go to church. And he was like, oh, that's great. That's great. You know, like that. Like, oh, that's great. I said, it's okay. The Lord is going to be with me. That's what I said. I just didn't know how the Lord was going to be shaking me. Didn't know that. But I want you to hear this. You will be shaken, but you will not be forsaken. <laughs> Glory to God. That's such a good word. You'll be shaken, but you will not be forsaken. His presence is enough. Somebody needs to hear that online. You'll be shaken, but you will not be forsaken. His presence is enough. During that time, the church had grown so much. In the summer of 2012, I took a sabbatical, put 7,200 miles on my car because I just needed an experience from God, and I was broken. I was exhausted. During that time, we had to get out of that building that we were at at Otter Troll and, and um, we put on the biggest garage sale ever. Uh, this was it. We had to sell. How many of you were there for that garage sale? Oh, I'll get some hands now. And during that time, uh, I think we made like 10 grand on this garage sale. And uh, we, we had to leave stuff overnight and we had to be out of the house, out of the house, yeah, out of his house. We had to be out of that building. Um, oh, mercy. It was like within 30 days. It was pretty quick. So it was quite a time our faith was tested and the strength of the church was tested. Um, it was just tested in so many ways. So um, we put up a sign that said, we're moving. See if you notice this guy right here in this picture said, we're moving. And we, uh, we, we, we uh, that's Tyler, guys, right there. And we said, we're, we're moving out of this. And, uh, and we did the whole thing. And, 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 uh, and the Lord showed me another verse, Romans chapter 4. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. And God showed me the faith of Abraham. You think you have faith? Look to Abraham. Compare your faith to the faith of Abraham. Go take your son, your only son, up that mountain and sacrifice him for me. Leave your family. Leave your home. And go to a distant land and I'll show you. You think you have Abraham faith? The Lord showed me that. And the Lord showed me the DNA of Abraham's faith. It grew stronger and stronger, and it never, what church? It never wavered. So every time I had naysayers, every time I had someone come to me and tell me why it can't be done, Every time the money wasn't there, <laughs> and I'm walking by faith, every time there was a challenge, you know what I thought? Get it on, baby. Let's go. Get it on face to face. 
I had this fight, and I still do, inside of me. If you want to motivate me, just tell me I can't do it. That's all you have to tell me. And that's just, part of it is a curse as well. I'm not saying it's a blessing. We had, to get, we had to leave that place. We grew so much in that place. We had so many memories. The last day, we didn't have any chairs, and it was BYOC weekend. Bring your own chair. There's not a picture of that either. I wish there was. But there was a little bit of sadness. Remember that, guys? There was a little bit of sadness. We were leaving this space, and we had so many memories, baptized so many people, and we were getting evicted from it. But we found another place. We were going to start another campus, and because this all happened, we realized, well, we can't start the campus. Mom and dad need a place to live now, so let's go there instead. So we moved to a building called Cottonwood Lakes on July 2012, and, and the building was actually a red color, and when we showed up, um, you know, there were already chairs there. I think there were about 100 chairs, much smaller building, and I remember looking at the building, and I remember feeling like we were being punished. It was so different from the building we came from. You know what I'm talking about? The floors were all uneven. You know, when you walked, it was kind of like you'd walk and go up and down like this. And the doors didn't all shut right. And it was an older building. And it wasn't as upkept as the last building we came from. And I just remember thinking, okay, God, I've got to encourage the church. But I need encouragement. I, I, need, to, I need to keep the church going. I need to keep the fire going but I feel like the fire is going out in my own heart. I don't understand what you're doing, God. I don't understand why this is happening. We were evicted from our last building. Those of you who were there, do you remember that? Do you remember those days when we were like going into this building and I'm like, this is great. The Lord is with us. But inside I'm going, Lord, why? Have you been there before? I don't understand what's happening. Why? And that little building at Cottonwood Lakes, just felt like we were taking a step back. And here's what I discovered. God uses people and places that we overlook. That building that I thought we were just being punished. Why, God, are you doing this to me? Have you been there before? God, why am I not living in that house anymore? Why, do I, why am I driving this car now? Why am I in this apartment now? Why am I in this whatever? Why am I at this, I'm at this job now, God? When I, 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 the last place was better. Why am I in this place, God? It doesn't make sense to me. God just wants you to trust him. That building became instrumental. But the Lord gave me a word during that day. As I looked at that, I, I thought about that. Uh, we eventually, we, while we were at this building, right across the parking lot was Stargate School was Stargate School at, during this time. This is Cottonwood Lakes. And, uh, and we started there August 2012. We started having services at Stargate School in these beautiful, comfortable blue chairs. <laughs> so comfortable. And we started having church there. We would set up all the time. The stage at that school was no joke. It was probably as wide as this stage right here. And that was it. The whole band like fit on this. I mean, it was just a little, we'd cram in people playing the guitar. <laughs> it was just like that. And it was just crazy during those days. And we would do church. The acoustics were horrible. It was just, everything about it was just rough. And, but when we went to Stargate School, when we got evicted from Autotrol, did you know we went down in attendance between 100 and 175 during those days? What I discovered was people were okay having their own place, their place of comfort. But as soon as people became uncomfortable, as soon as there was a sacrifice, they said, you know, I don't need this. I'm too old for this. I've been in the church too long. 
I don't want to sacrifice. So a lot of people said, I don't want to sit in this chair. I think God is stirring my heart to go to another church. See, I'm still working on forgiveness. You can tell. <laughs> I'm still working. I'm still working. On, I think God is calling me somewhere. I think God is freeing me from this. And I think God is telling me, oh, my word. So we didn't have a lot. We, didn't, we, we lost a lot of people. But the Lord showed me something. For seven years, total of seven years, we were setting up and tearing down. We would set up on a Saturday afternoon, set up for church. we tear down on a Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon to Sunday afternoon, setting up and tearing down. How many of you were part of the set up and tear down team? Thank you. God bless you. You're still here. Thank you. Lord showed me something. God knows how it feels to be portable. When you look at the Old Testament, you know how many places God was portable? He was moving around with the tents. They were setting up and tearing down something called a tabernacle. Setting up and tearing down. The Lord showed me, hey, Reuben, the church is not the building. I'm building up an army of people who are willing to commit and willing to sacrifice. I got rid of the cushy people. <laughs> I'm weeding out the cushy people. And I'm building up people who are willing to go anywhere. People of faith and strength and courage. That's what he did. So eventually, check this out. <clears throat> this Cottonwood Lakes building that we were at, we ended up buying from the district, uh, the Colorado District uh, of Churches. We bought from them. And we thought, you know what, let's go ahead and let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, there was something else that happened during this time. While we were in this building right here, um, we came across some property, 15.21 acres of land. And it was on Washington Street. And we bought it. We bought it for $700,000. $700,000 while we were at this place. And then we said, well, let's sell this building. And if we're, let's just go full out portable and we can use the funds from this building to pay for the land. You know how much we sold this building for? The one with uneven floors that we felt like we were being punished? $690,000 we sold that place that we thought we were being punished. I thought I was being punished. And God said, Reuben, you don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to use this building that you look down on. It's a message. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. That person that you look down on, that place that you look down on, that friendship that you look down on, that job that you look down on. Oh, be ready. God will take it and he will use it in an incredible way. That's what he does. And that's what happened. All of a sudden, we're now, we're now at Stargate. Now, we got, now we're just here. And like the, the building has been sold. And eventually, we, had, we were evicted from Stargate after, after four years of being there. And we had to go to Prairie Hills Elementary School. Prairie Hills Elementary. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You know, have you ever thought like, okay, how am I, you know, we're supposed to go from here back to Cushy, but I went from here to a metal. It got worse. <laughs> it got worse. And I'm like, all right, God, what is going on? 
Do I have sin in my life? Am I doing something wrong, God? Am I treating my dog wrong? What's going on? Why do I, why is this happening? So we were at Prairie Hills Elementary, and incidentally, this school right here, unlike, this school had some rules, but this one was like rules on steroids. I mean, they had all kinds of rules where we can't do this, and we can't do this, and, and they didn't want the stains in the carpet. We couldn't serve open flames, well, not serve, we couldn't have any open flames for like communion. If we spilled any communion juice, they would call us the next Monday morning and tell us about the stains and it was just not a really good relationship. They had big fans above us and we didn't have any AC there and I remember it was getting so hot and these huge fans they wouldn't turn them on because they felt like you know whatever and they were called big ass fans that's what they were called and 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 they wouldn't turn them on and I remember we would pray for them and it was just hard you know it wasn't their vision I mean God bless them they're good school it wasn't their vision but it was hard during those days it was hard and we were there for three years. But I remember our volunteers would meet at Starbucks all the time. We'd meet at Starbucks. And that was our meeting place where we'd talk about the services, we'd pray, and then we'd go to Prairie Hills Elementary. During these days, let me just tell you some places that we met. Grace Life Church, Summit of Peace Lutheran Church, New Hope Church, Genesis Church, Adams County Economic Development Office, North Metro Church, Village Baptist Church, Arbor Apartments at the Orchard, Westminster Church, Anythink Library, Todd Creek Golf Course, Caribou Coffee Shop, and Starbucks Coffee Shops. That's what it was. I got to tell you something else that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't share with you, and I just, I think this is important for t- for you to know. Um, while we were meeting here during these Stargate days in May 2014, we started Food for Hope during these days. So while we were portable, while we were portable, I made a decision. The staff made a decision. I said, you know what? Let's keep being the church. The goal is not survival. We're going to push down that pedal even more. We're not going to just dial it back. We're going to dial it up. And that's what we did. So we not only met portable, but we kept doing ministry at a deeper, at a greater impacting level. So we had all these terms. It's And let me just say, the Lord spoke to me during these days. And here's the message the Lord gave me. It's a journey. It's about a journey. It's about a journey. Oh, let's put that up, Tess. I want them to see that. It's about a journey. But you don't, you don't have that. Oh, you got to know that. It's about the journey. Say, it's about the journey with me. <laughs> See, the Lord told me um, when I was right around here, I'm like, okay, God, when? Have you been there before? God, when? God, when? When is this going to happen? When is this going to get better? When, is, when, is, when am I going to be at a certain state? When am I going to be able to buy this or buy a house? When am I going to have this job? When am I going to have this ministry? When am I going to have this? And when, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about the wind? And you know what the Lord said during this whole time? He said, hey, Reuben, guess what? You're the project. You're the project. You're the project. And when the Lord told me that, I was like, oh. It just was changed my perspective. It's not about the circumstances. You're the project. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them you're the project. You're the project, brother. You're the project. It's not about the circumstances. During this time, I'm just going to tell you, the church has grown so much. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying this to puff myself up. Please hear that. I had so many offers from much larger churches to go. Much larger, 1,000 plus, 
They had buildings, guys. I was like, oh, you have a building? With like gymnasiums. And, you know, literally, you know, 1,500-seat auditoriums with cameras and lights and fog machines, which meant the Holy Spirit was there. If there's a fog machine, the Holy Spirit's there. That's what the fog machine is there for. It lets you know the Holy Spirit's there. And I just came to a place where I realized, God, I want to make the biggest impact for your kingdom. And there's something so beautiful about the people here and the culture here. It's so unique. Thorn Creek is so unique. We love on people. We can turn on a dime. We passionately love God and love people. And that's a unique culture. It's extremely unique. Extremely. We don't have any annual events here. Did you guys know that? We're very selective about putting, I don't like putting the word annual in front of anything because that means we have to do it every year. And what if we don't want to do it every year? Because we're not going to call anything annual. Except Christmas Eve services. That's about it. So we started at, at uh, eventually, uh, we, we found ourselves at, Mission Trace. Here we are. July 2019. We came. And we went back to cushy chairs now, guys. We ain't playing anymore. Hello. This is what my backside deserves, right? <laughs> and all these people were like, yeah, I wrote it out. Here we are. And some of you are joining us here right now, and you're brand new. And I want you to hear this. We need you. Some of us are tired. We need you. I asked my, my, my wife to come up and share something, and, and I want to say this. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. Come on up, wife, and, and share something. Well, hello. It is such a joy to be here tonight, today. Uh, happy birthday, Thorn Creek Church. It, it truly is an honor to be able to stand here and tell you what an incredible journey it has been. In fact, our children were raised in this very church. They are now young adults grown out, growing up here, and that's all they've known. They only have known this church that has been so loving and so caring. What a, what a great gift uh, that has been. In, and our family has also grown. Now we have Kaylee, who is our daughter-in-law. Oh my goodness. I am so overjoyed at what God has done here. And well, my husband asked me to share a story, something that was personal. And so I have to go back to COVID, right? COVID was such a crazy, scary time. But you know, here at Thorn Creek, things didn't stop. In fact, the church kept going. If anything, it got busier and crazier. And you know what? We, were all, we all seemed to be okay. It just seemed like we, were, we could keep going. Services, we, we, we pivoted. We, we started doing these services online. And life was just going, and it was going fast. And all of a sudden, you know, it was March, then it was May, July. Things seemed to be okay. We seemed to have dodged a bullet. And out of the blue in October, my family gets sick. In fact, most of the staff got sick because they were out there working, right? They didn't stop. And so as everyone actually got better, my husband got sicker and sicker. And I thought, oh my goodness, is he gonna be okay? Well, he wasn't. I had to take him to the hospital. I had to, um, he wasn't doing well. He was getting worse. And it turned out that his oxygen level was at about 50% or less. And so the doctors had actually told him that he needed to be intubated. But you know, Reuben, 
he actually convinced them to wait. He asked the doctors to just give his lungs just a little bit of time to see if the, his lungs would respond to the oxygen. And, and they did, and so he wasn't, he wasn't intubated. But I'm gonna tell you, that was really, really scary. We didn't know what was gonna happen. He was uh, admitted into the ICU, and he was gonna fight for his life because it was that scary and that bad. And you know what happened? This church came around us in such a loving and amazing way, in such a way that I will never, never forget. Now the tables were turned after years, you know, where we had poured out and we had taken care of people. Now it was our turn to be taken care of. And that's exactly what this church did. Everyone that was a part of that church, a part of that, a part of this church, they prayed over us. They didn't allow me to be by myself. I had someone actually drive alongside because, you know, it was so scary that you couldn't even be next to someone. You couldn't even, I couldn't even be in that hospital with him. And so I had women that would come up and, and, and call me. Uh, people would come to my front door, to our front lawn, and pray over us. They would go to the hospital and pray over him. And even though it was a very, very scary time, I knew I wasn't alone. My son, who was in college, even received uh, phone calls asking him, what can, how can we pray for you? What do you need? What can we do for you? Church. It was an incredible time where I sensed God's love and protection over us. But I sensed the church just come around us in a, such a loving way. We even had neighbors who asked us, what is going on? Why are so many people coming and going? My door, I, I, every morning, every day, I would open the door and there was something there for us. Whether it was food or gifts or flowers, you name it. We were never alone, never alone. And so I saw something come alive at that point. And though this was, it just seems like it, it just happened. It just, it was three years ago. And I will forever be grateful to this church for how you loved us, took us in and, and took care of us. And you know, we survived that. And here we are now. God is so good. What an incredible journey that I would never change for anything. I would do this all over again. Thank you, church. Thank you for being so loving and so caring to us. God bless you. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch it in its branches. That's the kingdom of heaven. There's a phrase, this phrase right here, that I've been using for 20 years, and, and most of you probably don't know of this, unless you serve. But every time, just about every time, before church, I'll tell the visuals person, or I'll tell someone who's on stage, or I'll tell the person who's on video, you know what I'll say? For the kingdom. And you know what I want them to say back? For the kingdom. I want them to repeat that. So there's a few of you who know that. I say for the kingdom, and you might give me a fist bump and say for the kingdom. Others of you just look at me. 
But now you know. Let's just practice for the kingdom. There it is. For the kingdom. And that's why we do what we do. We believe in another kingdom. And we're trying to depopulate hell and build the kingdom of God for the kingdom. Some of you aren't even playing with me, but I hope you get there. I'm preaching better than you're yelling. I'm just telling you that right now. Let me tell you what we're going to do. Just a little glimpse. This is the first time I'm sharing this, guys. This is fresh. This is fresh. I'm just telling you. This is something for you to look forward to. This is something for you to look forward to. Um, the future of Thorn Creek is exciting. We're praying about our property. We have options. We're praying about the next. But we are in a wonderful, incredible place right now. I, I feel by the grace of God, I, I, I think, you know, during this time, God has been building me up and he's been building up a lot of you, hasn't he? during this time. I feel like we're at a better place. It's a whole different place from like when I was over here. When I was over here sitting down and I was like, God, give us 350 people. And God was like, Reuben, what are you doing? You don't, you don't got the legs for it. You don't got the legs for it. <laughs> you just be faithful. And then, uh, but as we've been growing, as we've been going like this, I say like the Lord, just, I want you to know the future of Thorn Creek is incredibly bright and strong. We have an amazing team of people, of volunteers, of staff, and we have an amazing place. We have 242 chairs now in the worship center. We did the math. If you think 80% capacity, what was that number, Jeremy? 700 people every weekend we could now minister in person now. That means if, any, if you're sitting by, if you have, if you have an empty row in front of you or behind you or on your side, just think about who you can bring with you. Don't bring some disgruntled Christian who's upset at their church. Leave them alone. We want to reach out to the lost. The future is bright at Thorn Creek. And here's, the, here's something I want you to be aware of. Thorn Creek Church is planning a trip to Israel June 2024. Super exciting. This has been on my bucket list. The cost is going to be around $4,000. And I can tell you the dates later, but it's going to be a 10-day trip. Guys, we're going with a friend of mine who used to live in Jerusalem for three years. And he's taking Thorn Creek on a special adventure trip. This is not the traditional Israel trip that you see Israel through the glass like a boat. I mean, about a bus. You know how you, most people see Israel from a bus. We're going to be hiking. We're going to, we're going to uh, spend a night. It's going to be a narrative trip that's going to start from the days of Abraham, and it's going to go all the way to the empty tomb. So we're going to start on where Abraham was at. We're going to sleep in a tent the first night where Abraham slept. We're going to go to an archaeological dig that no one else is allowed to go to, and we'll be able to be there and check it out and get a special tour of that. We'll be able to ride camels. We'll be able to do all kinds of stuff. We're going to go to the Dead Sea. We're going to go to the empty tomb. We're going to go to, to different, and we're going to do all this. It's, it's a truly an adventure Thorn Creek Church trip. So we got to know if you're interested. You got to know if you're interested. Here's the QR code. This is all fresh, guys. Nobody has seen this. If you're interested, take a picture of the phone. Uh, take a picture of that QR code. Put your put your uh, put your put your name down, and we're gonna just work on on funding. Um, God will take care of it. God will take care of it, but it's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be life changing. The hope is when you read scripture, when you read about that desert, when you read about that wilderness, when you read about 
you know, the Garden of Gethsemane, when you read about Golgotha, when you read about all these places where Abraham lived, when you read about the place where Gideon was, when you read about the place where David fought Goliath, we're going there too. You'll, see, you'll just see all that in a different lens. And you'll be like, oh, I know where that was. I know where that was. I know where that was. Well, the Lord has worked in marvelous ways. Can we just thank God one more time for everything he's done at this church? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. And right now, I want to give you an opportunity. If you want to ask Jesus into your heart, would you say this prayer? Say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Take over my life. I choose to walk with you, and I choose to become a Christian right now. Others of you, maybe we just echo this together, Jesus. This church belongs to you. Use us in greater ways. May we be a greater light to North Denver and all of Denver and all of, over the place, all over the land, all over the United States, all over the world. May we shine brightly. May people look at this church and say, wow, God, you can do anything. Use this church in a greater way to reach the lost. Help us to build the kingdom. We pray all this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. For the kingdom.